let's mark out with some raw starting off hot because we got no news or anything off the rumble everything was going to be said in the rumble video my thoughts there um it'll come out after this but um it should be before but yeah so that's coming after this this episode airs but um we got raw on january 31st technically we're starting off the second month of of the year uh in january but that's okay um, Adam Pierce starts off in the ring. He announces that Bobby will defend his title in Saudi Arabia in an elimination chamber match. Bobby immediately comes out. He's wearing a dope suit. Um, MVP says putting Bobby in the chamber is just unfair. And Bobby says he's a better amateur wrestler, MMA fighter, and WWE champion than Brock Lesnar was. Uh, Brock comes out dressed in ring gear, which is different, odd. Uh, Graves said Brock is going to announce his mania opponent tonight. While he was coming to the ring. Brock tells MVP to shut up or he'll stick his cane up his ass, which was funny. And then Brock asks Bobby if he's going to stand there and pretend he's champion. Because he knows he didn't beat him at the Rumble and asks why, uh, where his pride is in that. Brock says he's not mad at Bobby. He's just mad at Roman and Paul. Uh, he calls their match a debacle, which was a good contest and gives kudos to Bobby. He's, you have a lot of kudos to Bobby. I give that a plus one. Um, Brock talking is like... He's talking like a human being at, like, length. It's just crazy to hear. It's just, get, like, it's just different, and it's awesome. I love Brock, and he's actually a really good promo. Um, Brock says he lost. Um, after he lost, he entered into the Rumble and won and says that's not a knee slapper. That's real. Then Brock's talking in third person and is going over how he's going to. Brock gets to pick who he wants to face in Mania. Brock did this. Brock did that. Brock's going to WrestleMania. He tells Bobby not to worry because he's going to face Roman Reigns and tells Bobby it has nothing to do with him. Brock says at WrestleMania, him and Roman will be title versus title. Brock says he's dressed to fight now and challenged Bobby to, uh, tonight for the title in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, Brock wants to fight on TV in Cincinnati, plus one. Um, MVP tries to stop Bobby, uh, stop him, but Bobby wants to fight. Um, Brock tells Bobby he isn't a champ because MVP is holding him back. I give Brock a plus one there. He's good trash talk. He was good trash talking him. And then MVP says Brock can get back in line and earn a shot. Brock calls Bobby a chicken shit. And uh, Bobby goes ape shit. They get a plus one. Um, MVP calms Bobby down though and they leave the ring. Bobby Brock is screaming at Bobby that he's a chicken shit as he's leaving up the apron. And then Pierce announces Brock is officially in the elimination chamber. Overall, that segment got a plus five. Good way to start Raw. For a, let's be honest, a not great week in wrestling overall. Uh, next, we had Rhea versus uh, Nikki, ASH. Uh, Nikki went for a swinging neckbreaker, but took time to pose, and Rhea countered with the riptide and got the win. Nothing special. Zero and zero. Uh, Alpha, versus Ar Alpha Academy versus RK Bro, best of three challenges. Kevin Patrick announces that the scooter race, uh, announces the scooter race and announces Riddle and Gable as the participants. Gable's in a fucking, like, wetsuit and a helmet. And then Riddle dedicates his race to Randy and goes to read a piece of paper, but Gable snatches it from him and shows uh, shows it, and it, all it says is Gustavo. And Riddle says that's the name of the scooter, and you gotta know your stallion inside and out. Gable says it's insulting that a scooter race is in an academic challenge, and last week he was rigged by Kevin Patrick. Uh, the challenge was rigged. Patrick goes over the rules and says... Uh, it'll end at ringside. Gable plugs the Olympics on Peacock and says uh, Speed Skater sent him that uh, that speed suit. 
says no flow to slow him down, bro. Gable says the more flow quadruples your speed. That's just science. It's funny. We gave it a plus one. Uh, better when they said it than when I did. Patrick introduces uh, the special guest race starter, which is our truth, who has a checkered flag. And then Gable puts the shade puts shades on, and then the race starts, and they skate away. And the graphics says lap one of fifty. I gave it a, the segment got a plus one. Next we had Alyssa Bl- Alyssa Bliss. I almost said Alexa Bliss's journey back to Raw. The doc asked what she's thinking about Bliss. Says two weeks ago he mentioned imaginary, but Lily was real. There, uh, Lily was real. Uh, she talks about how Lily was always been there for her and had her back, and that's real. Doc asked how she feel if Lily came back. Bliss would be happy and listed all the things she would do with her. Doc gives Lily a replica. Uh, Doc gives Bliss a replica of Lily, and tells her it isn't the real Lily, and asks how she feels. Bliss stares at at it, says Lily, and then starts tearing up. Next, we had Miz vs. Dom Mysterio. Uh, they showed a video package of Edge and Beth winning, and Graves talked about how much grit Miz had by getting back up and showing up uh, to work the next night. Miz and Ray are chirping each other. Um, Miz gets out of the ring and shoves Ray down. Uh, Ray gets back up but and goes by the apron to cheer Dom on while the ref was checking on Dom. Miz, in Eddie Guerrero fashion, falls down and pretends that Ray tripped him, and then the ref throws Ray out. I thought that was good. Very good for Miz, so I gave it a plus one. Uh, and as Ray is leaving, Miz hits a score crushing finale on Dom, who's looking at Ray for the win. Match got a zero overall, plus one. Dana Brooks backstage next. She was walking backstage carefully, but Tamina jumps out and uh, they start going after each other. But Dana gets away. She passes by Riddle and Gable, and the graphic shows they're on lap eighteen of fifty. That was good. Wasn't even expecting that at that point. Uh, I gave it a plus one. They come back from commercial backstage, and Riddle is uh, riding a scooter and stops when Omos is in front of him. They look up at each other, and Riddle tells Omos he has beautiful eyes, and then scooters away, and the graphic shows lap 25 of 50. Kevin Owens' show, Road to WrestleMania edition, was next. Owens hypes up the Rumble and uh, talks about mania and emphasizes uh, and says, Listen to this word, stupendous. Give that a plus one. It was a funny poke at the, at the name. Uh, Owens says he's in the chamber once he beats... Uh, the protected wannabe superstar Austin Theory. Owens introduces Seth and says he should be Universal Champ. Seth comes out. He's wearing a fucking unbelievable jacket. Plus one. Uh, Seth's selling his injuries from the match with Roman, but dancing still in pain. It's a nice touch. Give it a plus one. Uh, Seth says he's not 100%, but Cincinnati is the hottest city in the world, and he wouldn't miss it. Crowd chants who day, and Owen doesn't get it because he doesn't watch sports. Uh, video... They show a video comparing the chair shots to the um, the shield uh, Roman chair shot from Seth and then the Roman chair shot to Seth. Uh, w Productions got a plus one there. That was very nice. Owens tells Seth he may not be universal champ, but he's universal champ of his heart, which made me laugh, so I gave it a plus one. Seth says he owns a piece of real estate in Roman's head, and when he goes back for, uh, to Roman, he will return with the universal title, but he's going... Uh, but right now he's on Raw, so he's going to focus on that. Seth has a surprise announcement. He asks the drum roll, and Kevin Owens does an awful noise. He goes, <laughs> and then they play a drum roll. He goes, oh, my God, that was way, that's way better. That was really funny. Uh, plus one. Seth announces he is in the Elimination Chamber, and Owens says he's happy for him and mentions he didn't have uh, qualifying have to qualify like Owens does tonight. 
Seth says the video we just saw that was that was me qualifying. I I beat Roman, but didn't get the title, basically. So I give that a plus one. That's good logic. Um, Seth asks why Owens isn't happy for him, and Owens assures him he's happy for him and says he's even pumped. Uh, Seth mentions uh, him getting eliminated for the Rumble, and Owens says he was allegedly eliminated. Another plus one. That was funny. Um, Owens tells Seth to go to Sonya and Pierce and tell them he's walking from the chamber match unless uh, Owens is announced in it as well so he doesn't have to qualify. Seth says he's not sure about that, and Owens tells them he's a huge star and there's no way they don't listen to him. And Seth says they, they could listen to me or they may not. I, don't, I have no idea. Owens tells Seth he would uh, do it for him. Seth says he would like to believe him, but Skyline Chili is calling his name, which I gave a plus one. Skyline Chili rules. And then Austin Theory comes out. Overall, that segment got a plus nine. Great stuff. Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory next. Winner advances to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, Theory uh, throws Owens down uh, back first into the steps. That was pretty brutal. Uh, Owens goes uh, from sorry. Owens goes from standing in the middle rope to 180. Does his little moonsault where he where he is looking forward, jumps backwards, and then moonsaults. Uh, but Theory moved out of the way and then hit a blockbuster. Uh, Theory and Owens trade suplexes on their knees. Owens hits a super kick and a swanton for a near fall. Owens reverse, reverses a top suplex into his fisherman buster for a near fall. Theory getting a f- uh, gets his foot on the rope. Owens goes for a powerbomb on the apron, but Theory grabs the rope and goes into the ring. Owens is trying to get in the ring. Theory kicks the rope, and Theory hits the ATL for the win. Um... Yeah, I, I don't mind Owen losing this match and Theory being in chamber. It makes sense for Theory. And Owens, I don't think, even goes to Saudi Arabia. Um, so, like, him and Sammy don't go at all. So they, there won't be. There'll just be, like, reasons why they weren't in matches instead of ignoring them completely in storylines, which is good. I remember Sammy Zayn said he had vertigo one year from Bobby Lashley suplexing him. So he missed the pay-per-view or something. Um, but, yeah, so no big deal that Kevin Owens lost and it creates things for him and Seth and hopefully they have, they that's the Mania match that should be the the WWE title match at Mania but it won't be I think they should do I honestly think they should do what Wrestle Kingdom did when the year Liger retired when they um they had the two matches for both titles and then the two champs face each other except night one you have title versus title I know this that's the biggest match but night one, you get title for title, Brock versus Roman, and Seth versus Kevin. Seth wins, Roman wins, and then night two, you have Seth beat Roman. Because who else can beat Roman? Seth's really over now. He's probably going to be a full face anyway. He's believable, and when, like, if not Mania, when does Roman drop it? And if he drops it to Brock, it's kind of flat. I like it, Brock. He's awesome, and if he beats him, whatever. But it's like, eh, you could have just put someone else over. Brock's pretty uh, booked well himself, so I didn't think he needed it. He'll need it, but uh, we'll see. But that's what I would do. I'd have Seth beat Kevin night one, and Roman beat Brock night one, and then Roman versus Seth Brock night two, and then Seth wins, and the crowd pops huge. But next we had a, more of the scooter race. Riddle rides up to the Street Profits, who are holding up cups like they do at marathons. Riddle drinks one and says, that's not a sports drink. Gable comes in behind and stops and asks for a drink, but the Profits don't give him one and walk away. Otis walks up to Gable with an identical skate suit on 
and uh, hands him a cup. That was funny. Plus one for Otis. Gable takes a sip and spits it out, asking if that's steak sauce, and says, of course it is. Only the finest from Master Gable. And then Gable yells something about sodium and scoots off. Scooters off, I should say. Otis takes a sip of the steak sauce. So that segment got a plus one. Next, we had Angelo Dawkins versus Dolph Ziggler. Before the match, they showed the finish uh, line. They showed the finish line by the announce desk with a camera taped onto the uh, onto the announce desk to, t- to capture the photo finish. Um, Dawkins is wearing a Bengal shirt. He got to, gets a huge pop when he's announced from Cincinnati. Uh, Ziggler hits a running knee immediately for a near fall. Dawkins sold it like he was knocked out. Uh, Dawkins had Ziggler in position for the backslide, but flips him over and hits a silencer for the win. Saw that spot coming once he was going for the backslide. Pretty sure he's done that a couple times. Uh, match was quick. Nothing happened. No points. Uh, then we went back to the scooter race. Gable and Riddle. I love when segments like this, there are segments that go throughout the show. Like They start in the beginning and they end at the end and you have a whole episode with one with a a storyline and then everything else is the b storyline i I like that a lot i feel like in the attitude era they did that a ton um like austin would have or rock would have a storyline throughout the entire episode and then everything else would happen with multiple segments and then they i feel like they did that a lot with the authority and it got terrible but uh so the scooter race gable and riddle are neck and neck they ride past um some cotton candy and riddle grabs one and hits Gable with it. Both guys slow and tired. Uh, graphic shows lap 49 of 50. Back from commercial, Kevin Patrick is at the finish line with R-Truth, who has a checkered flag. Uh, Patrick asks Truth who he thinks will win, uh, win, and Truth says the Bengals and gets a big pop. Gave him plus one for that. Good answer. Uh, coming down to the ramp backstage, Gable has a lead. Um, it was a ramp. Yeah, coming down the ramp backstage, um, Gable had a lead. And then he goes to the stage, and Riddle catches up and passes Gable, and then Gable falls off the scooter right before they get towards the ring, right when they hit the uh, the rubber um, padding on the outside. Um, and then Riddle's, Riddle stops, laughs, and then Gable uh, – stops and laughs at Gable and then strolls towards the finish line slowly, but Otis lays him out once he gets to the announce desk. Um, pretty much you can see that coming, but it was still good, and Otis laid him out, so I gave it a plus one. Gable gets up and scoots to the finish uh, finish line, and Gable celebrates like he won legitimately. Riddle gets on the mic and says he's not cool, or says that's not cool, and then they ruin the integrity of scooter racing, and Gable tells him to shush. Gable asks if he's calling him a cheater, and Gable says he has never cheated in his life uh, in the Olympics to get a Masters or to do it with a 4.0 GPA. Gable sets up a match. Uh, Riddle versus Otis. Uh, that segment got a plus two, and then we went right into Riddle versus Otis. Adam Pierce comes out and says this match is now an Olympi- uh, Elimination Chamber qualifying match. Otis lays in some stiff shots. Uh, Otis pounces Riddle a few times and does even does the Razor Ramon pose for some reason, where you stop a bunch of times, jumping up and down, and then point to your chest a bunch of times. Uh, Otis pounces Riddle. Uh, sorry, I just said that one. Otis stops Riddle's comeback a few times. Uh, Riddle ha- hits. Two knees in a floating bro and landed on Otis's legs, uh, grabbing them. Uh, Riddle misses an RKO but hits a floating bro on a uh, on a standing Otis, and grab uh, they fall to the leg and then he uh, grabs his legs for a pinning predicament and gets the win. So the first floating bro Otis I believe was on the ground. Yeah, 
And then the second one, Otis was standing. They fall for the finish, and his legs are hanging in the air, and he grabs him for leverage and gets the pin. No points um, for that. Bianca versus Carmella was next. Carmella had control of 90% of the match. Bianca fires up and hits a KOD for the win. This is like a house show match. He'll he'll get heat, uh, comeback, win. Like a Cena match. No points. We had a second Alexa Bliss journey back to Raw. Um, this is the first time it's been two in a week. Picking up where they left off from earlier in the night, the doc says they're making progress, and Bliss tells Lily she missed her, but the doc reminds her it was bought on WWE Shop, and Lily isn't real. Or, and this isn't the real Lily, I should say. Doc uh, gives Bliss the Lily doll and leaves, and Bliss hugs it and cries. No points. Alpha Academy is now backstage with Kevin Patrick. Gable laughs at the footage from earlier and says he's freaking Olympian. Of course he won. Gable announces that the third challenge will be a quiz bowl. Gable says it'll be embarrassing when RK Bro loses their bowl like the Bengals will lose theirs um, to a big boo. And then he says there will be no rematch once they do that. No points. AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio. Main event match. Uh, winner advances to the Elimination Chamber. Uh, it starts out with a handshake. Uh, very friendly uh, encounter for a match. Uh, AJ slides. There's a lot of good spots. Um, there's th- three or four in particular I'm, I'm, I wrote down and gave points to. Um, a couple of them are long back and forth, so just bear with me. AJ slides Ray out for a typical Ray bump where he's gets slide under the bottom rope and falls stomach first onto the floor. But he rolls instead of falling, which is I haven't really seen him do before. He might have done it before, but nothing came to my mind, so it looked sick. AJ goes for a forearm to the outside, but Ray uh, goes into the ring as he jumps to the outside. While AJ's now on the floor, Ray goes for the um, slide splash. Or I believe Ray kicked him. No, I'm sorry. AJ fell to the floor when he missed the forearm. Ray slid into the ring. Uh, and then Ray slid himself under the bottom rope like he did before, like he was thrown out before to do the splash. Um, but AJ got his knees up. AJ gets Ray in powerbomb position, but Ray counters into a Hurricane Rana, sending AJ into the barricade. That got a plus one. All these seg- all these spots I wrote down got a plus one. Um, Ray misses six one nine. AJ missed a phenomenal forearm, but got a calf crusher. Ray escapes and then kicks AJ in the head for a stalemate. Ray goes for a Hurricane Rana off the top rope, but uh, AJ holds on and catches him, sets up a Styles Clash from the top rope. All right, middle rope, I guess, technically. Um, Ray hooks his arm around one of the ropes, though, so when AJ jumps for the Styles Clash, Ray hangs on, and then Ray jumps and Hurricane Rana's him into the ropes, goes for the 619, hits it, and then goes for the top rope splash, and AJ sits up, kind of like Taker. Um, Ray crucifix pins AJ for an ear fall, and then AJ AJ gets up, or they both get up, and AJ hits a Pele kick. Uh, and the last of the finish was um, Ray hits a seat, seated Sinton off the top rope. AJ rolls through, picks him up, and gets a Styles Clash. So I give the match a plus six, really fun main event, and uh, overall it got a plus ten. Um, after that, I even forgot what was next. I was like, that's the main event. How much? Why is there so much time left? What's going on? And then I forgot Ronda was coming. Uh, Ronda Rousey had an in-ring promo. Um, wasn't good. Um, but let's just get into it. She says uh, she was debating who to take, Charlotte or Rebecca's title, and then says she has unfinished business with both. Ronda says if she picked Rebecca, then she's giving her attention. She doesn't deserve. Um, I gave that minus one. She's just dumb and doesn't make sense. She th- like Stop acting like Becky isn't huge 
um, Rhonda says a woman's biggest match is always against me, and um, and her stagnant title reign isn't her problem. I'm talking about Becky's stagnant title reign. Have one match with Dewdrop in two years, and you you have a stagnant title reign. I don't know. The Liv Morgan angle is pretty hot. Rhonda, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, Rhonda says she could pick Charlotte just to prove that even as a contender, that Rebecca is still on the undercard. Like, I don't even know. I gave that a minus one. What is she, like, she's going to pick Charlotte just to put Becky on the undercard, which wouldn't prove anything because you, you just picked, so it's your reasoning, not why she deserves to be main event or not. So, minus one, Rhonda sounds so dumb. Uh, then everyone will know who the baddest bitch is. Uh, the, the baddest big-time bitch is me. Cool. Becky comes out. Becky calls her Ronnie like always, says... She's losing credibility by saying she's on her undercard, or Becky herself is her undercard, because she's the only one to beat Ronda that hasn't lost the t- and hasn't lost the title since, which is true. She gave it up and then won it back. Uh, Becky says the biggest match in anyone's mind in the last decade is Ronda versus Becky, but since it's her first Mania back, she wouldn't blame her for going for an appetizer like Charlotte before the big meal if she wants to eat. But if she wants to go straight for the big meal and eat the potatoes eat the meat and potatoes she's game <laughs> becky asks Rhonda who it's gonna be becky holds the mic out and Rhonda grabs her arm and takes her down and Rhonda says you'll have my answer friday minus one it just came off i get what you're doing we'll get eyes on smackdown and you'll do it then it just came very flat no need to take fucking becky down and then no need to uh, and then just picking up the mic says you'll have my answer friday she just didn't come off good she just is in a good promo um becky gets back on the mic and as ronda's leaving and says that was rude and then lita's music hits she comes out wearing a becky shirt lita calls ronda rude and becky agrees lita says how how can she talk to you like that you're uh you're the goat and continues she continues to put over becky becky calls lita a legend and puts her over and then says she may have gotten in trouble growing up by having her thong hang out over her pants Lita says she respects that Becky is a fighting champ and doesn't back down. Becky agrees, but says, what are you getting at? And then Lita says, how about a title match at Elimination Chamber? Lita tells her she, Lita tells her if she's scared, she can just say she's scared, and Becky says she's not scared and agrees to the match. I give that a plus one because, whoa, didn't expect that. I expected Lita to be a one-off for the Rumble, not to have this mat, dream match with Becky um, at a pay-per-view. Um Obviously, it doesn't seem like she'll win, and Becky's going to go to Mania and hopefully face Liv. I have no idea what's going on there anymore. But um, we'll find out more on SmackDown once that decision is made and we get there. Um, I gave that segment a minus two, though. Overall, Raw got a plus 32. Had some really good stuff. Honestly, one of the better shows of the week. Um, And again, overall grades, you don't compare show to show. Um, Raw has three hours to get points. It also has three hours to take away points, but you don't take away. Points don't get taken from me as much as I, it's given. So yeah, it's three hours to get a hold of So you should probably divide it by the hours um, of the show to get a more of a fair number to compare maybe. I don't know. But uh, let, let's let's go over individuals. Ronda got a minus three, the only one in negatives. Rhea, Nikki, Bliss, Dom, Dawkins, Ziggler, Bianca, and Carmelo all with zeros. WWE Production, The Miz, Bobby Lashley, R-Truth, Lita, Becky Lynch, all with plus ones. Otis with a plus two. 
Riddle and Gable with a plus three. Brock a plus four. Rollins a plus four. And Theory a plus four. We got Owens with a plus eight. And our match of the night and MVPs, co-MVPs, are AJ Styles and Ray Mysterio. Just a great match. Um, just a great main event for a, for a random ass Raw and to get into the Elimination Chamber. And the Elimination Chamber is pretty stacked nonetheless. So we got um, Theory, Seth, Brock, Bobby, um, AJ, and uh, I honestly forget the last person. Oh, uh, Riddle. Forgot uh, that was a qualifying match. So that's a pretty stacked chamber. So, I mean, even Brock's probably going to win. Whatever. Um, at least it's this version of Brock. All right, next we had NXT. Which came to you on the 1st of February. Started with Imperium versus Diamond Mine. Um, starts with everyone brawling, but quickly gets under control. Um, Gunther hits Brutus Creed with a powerbomb and then stacks him up for the win. Uh, Julius couldn't get in in time. Not really a botch. It wasn't a botch, but it was a... Ah, we almost got there. A nice little touch at the end. Um, there's nothing too much to like make note of and to say, but it was just an awesome six-man tag. Um, fun opener. Uh, got a plus four for me. Overall in match. LA Knight, earlier today promo, uh, talks about Waller avoiding him. And with his restraining order and now his seven-foot bodyguard, L.A. says, uh, goes to leave, but Gacy and Harlan come from behind and tell Knight that he has a lot of anger in his heart. And Har uh, says to Harlan, or he says about Harlan, he had uh, once had to move on from an unfair restraining order. And he can, and Gacy can help L.A. Knight just like he did for Harlan. Knight says, it's even better. We can all move on together in the ring where I can get two new restraining orders from you both. From you and your, he called Harlan a little dog. Uh, when I stomp your ass tonight, uh, that's not a fact. Uh, that's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. He leaves and then comes back and goes, "Yeah, zero points for that." Uh, toxic attraction in ring promo. Gigi says to Persia and Indy, "People may uh, say your win was luck, but I call it your death sentence." J.C. Jane says, "At Vengeance Day, they'll put the titles on the line." Persia and Indy get their title match, and we get our vengeance. Very corny line. Um, Mandy goes to talk about Kaylee Ray, but she comes out, or she goes to talk in general, but Kaylee Ray comes out before she can even speak and tells Mandy it's her turn to give a title match and to give it to her. Mandy says no, and Kay Kaylee Ray uh, says she knew she would say no, so let's have a little fun. And she says she's going to use her bat uh, and then walks to the ring. Mandy says, put the bat down, and Gigi and JC will leave. Um, and then they both do that. They agree, they do it. Kaylee Ray mentions she's the longest reigning women's champ in modern era and deserves a match. Mandy says she doesn't care and wants to talk about her her and her previous to WWE accomplishments. Mandy lists magazine covers. She was on a campaign ads and stuff that she was on the cover of um, and the face of. And she says she was Bikini World Champ, which Car Carly, uh, Kaylee Ray gives a sarcastic thumbs up to. Like, who the fuck cares, Mandy? Shut up. Kaylee Ray says... Uh, none of that matters in the ring, and while you were ch while I was champ for 600-plus days, uh, Mandy was sl uh, slipping during her WrestleMania entrance and sucking face with Otis. Mandy says, well, look at me now. I'm the hottest woman in WWE, not like those Fugazis out there that claim to be. I have no idea if that's a shot at Carmella or not. Um, Mandy tells Kaylee Ray that, she, that all the talent in the world can't replace this and then looks herself up and down. And then Kaylee Ray says, by the end of the night, she will have her title match. Um, 
Mandy says that's doubtful, and then Kaylee Ray slaps her. Yeah, that was a good, good spot. Gave her a plus one. And then Gigi and Jane come back in, and Kaylee Ray goes out, grabs the bat, comes back in, and then all the toxic runs away, and she chases them. Plus one overall. That that so more of more than the Riddle and Gable segment where that was more of the first half of the show, I'd say. Um, actually, it went for a lot of the show, but um, this was a start to finish storyline, the NA storyline of of NXT of the night. Um, next, we had Cora Jade backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. Asks why she wants uh, the match with Raquel and tells her it's to prove how tough she is. And uh, and she'll know she'll get her ass kicked by Raquel, but she's going to give it everything she has. Raquel comes up and asks if she still wants to have this match, and Cora says she does. Uh, Raquel's music hits, and she leaves, and Cora looks worried, but then leaves as well. Moments out, uh, go outside of, moments ago outside of the CWC with Toxic Attraction. Asks if she'd give Kaylee Ray a title shot, and she says no. Kaylee Ray isn't on her level and doesn't deserve to be in the ring with her. Gigi and JC, who went to get the car, pull up. The window rolls down, but Kaylee Ray is driving and tells Manny she'll come back for her and abducts Gigi and JC. That was pretty cool and different. Besides, I mean, Legato captured people, but not for this reason. Um, so that's plus one. Next, we had Cora Jade versus Raquel. Cora gets beat up for the most of the match. She slaps Raquel from the top rope. Uh, Raquel grabs her, but Cora counters into a submission, but Raquel slams her down to escape. Becomes a back-and-forth match, which I wasn't expecting. Uh, Cora has Raquel in trouble and goes to step up knee and gets caught, um, and Raquel hits a chingona bomb for the win. After Cora is using the ropes to try to get up, a la Jeff Hardy and Undertaker. Um, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but that's what it reminded me of. Um, except this time, Raquel, the first time, just comes over and picks her up and agrees to be her partner. I didn't give it any points. The match or overall was whatever. Um, but the Undertaker, Jeff Hardy segment, I thought they were gonna gonna recreate. Would have had Raquel beat her up like three more times. Next, we had a pre, uh, Pete Dunn pre-tape. Asked Tony uh, D'Angelo how his hand is and says he took his advice from Tony's uncle Tulio. Um, and it plays what Tony said about uh, his uncle telling him to handle business by any means necessary. Dunn says, I guess you could say I handle my business, and then does the Italian hand symbol, the thumb, index, and middle finger, roll in both hands, and then a lot of wrist action. You know, you know the one. Uh, Dunn says, Tony, how do you want to do this? I say we go back to where it all started, inside a steel cage. I'm excited for that match. No points for the, the pre-tape, though. Next, we had Saray um, versus Kayla Inlay, uh, which is a PC person. Uh, Saray entrance was really cool. I gave it a plus one. Uh, it had her dress in her normal, quote unquote, schoolgirl, to make fun of a Meltzer for a sec. Clothes, which they are kind of schoolgirlish. I'm not gonna deny that, but that's nothing to do with her gimmick. Um, and then once she walks through the smoke, or she walks towards the entrance right away from the back, in her street clothes, and then you pan to the, you cut to the uh, the ramp. It's a bunch of smoke. She walks through, and she's in her sweet ring gear. She has new hair. Uh, it's dyed like on her bangs. It looks so cool. Her theme song's a banger. Um, but midway through the match, we get word from Mackenzie Mitchell that Kaylee Ray returned and is looking for Mandy Rose. Is where uh, and looking for Mandy Rose, but there are no whereabouts of Gigi and JC. Um, the match was whatever. Saray hits a suplex for for the win. Um, no points, and a plus one for Saray. For her gear. Or for her. Yeah, her entrance and her gear. 
all together, basically. <coughs> Excuse me. Next, we had a vignette for Duke Hudson. He's holding a razor, and he's saying he was addicted to the long game. And uh, look where that got him. Now he's addicted to inflicting pain and seeing other people suffer. Um, he says, when it, when it, when you take matters into your own hands, you eliminate the luck, and now I put the luck in my own hands. Next, we have Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa backstage. Ciampa comes up to Braun at his locker. Braun thanks Ciampa for his help last week. Ciampa says he told him the mountaintop is a lonely place, and you can't understand it unless you've been there, and now you're in a small group of people who can't understand it. Ciampa says he wants Braun Breaker to retain his NXT title. Braun says uh, the black heart, uh, him and the Blackheart are going to break Legato in half. And says, ask Ciampa if he's ready to kick some ass. And Ciampa says, yeah, I'm ready to kick some ass. And they fist bump. We had an in-ring promo next. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. A lot of good talkers. Three good talkers um, coming up. Trick, and, uh, Trick says Cameron Grimes can't be serious, thinking he's ready for Melo. Melo puts himself over and mentions he's still finding time to spend. He puts himself over and mentions all the things he does and still finds time to spend with Ollie J and makes an ass-slapping motion. Um, and then Grimes comes out. Uh, Grimes says, Mello, uh, you said no one cares about Cameron Grimes, but the people are chanting to the moon, not a champ. Trick insults Grimes and calls him slimy, and Grimes says, I'm not slimy, I'm grimy, and then laughs. Uh, Grimes says Mello had cut, uh, Mello's haircut makes him look like SpongeBob's house, which would make Trick Williams Squidward. And he saw on Ollie J's Instagram that they were all looking at her bikini bottoms. Three SpongeBob references in a minute will get you a plus one. If he just said the first, maybe just first two, but the third one by by the the finish, it was a uh, was worth it. Oh, uh, big SpongeBob mark. Uh, Trick gets in Grimes' face and talks real fast. He cuts a promo. And Grimes says, um, "Am I fighting you or am I fighting Mellow?" Um, I think he also told Trick he doesn't understand what he's saying because he was speaking so fast. Melo says at Vengeance Day he's going to shoot for the moon and take the stars as a casualty. It's a great line, plus one. Melo leaves and Grimes says, it's funny because you say star. Uh, you said stars because our match will be a one-star match, and that one star is going to the moon. So I give that a plus one as well. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice line. Malik Blade and Idris Nofi are in the locker room backstage. Now, this is a hilarious segment. Did not expect this. Did not expect to become a Malik Blade and Idris Anofi fan, but here we are. Um, they're talking about needing to come up with a team name. Anofi says, how about Team Idris and Malik? Malik says, yeah, Team Malik and Idris. Then Idris is like, nah, scratch that, whatever. Uh, how about we're both we're both bold, brave, and then Malik says, confident. And Idris says, yeah, we are. Okay, we're Team BB. Then he goes to say BBC, which stands for Big Black Cock, if you didn't know. Um, but before... Uh, he could say the C. Malik cut him off. Oh, uh, Give that a plus one. Idris says, how about we ask Mandy Rose? Idris says, what would you say to Mandy Rose if she were right here right now? Malik doesn't want to say, but Idris says, close your eyes and do it. No one's in here. Just just say it. And Malik closes his eyes and says, hello, Mandy. It's Malik, one half of your favorite tag team. And then Mandy runs in, running from Kaylee Ray, and falls right onto where Malik, on Malik's lap where he was sitting, who just looks up and like, thanks, God. Really funny. Plus one. Uh, Manny asks for help from the crazy woman who's chasing her. She gets up to run away, but Kaylee Ray enters with the bat, and she grabs Mandy by the jacket. But, get, but Manny gets away, escaping, leaving the jacket behind, um, which was actually on Malik's lap. Uh, Idris is fired up and wants to chase after them. And then Malik tells um, 
Idris. He needs a minute. And then Idris is like, come on, let's go. And he goes, well, he goes, Idris, I need a minute. Because it clearly had a boner. Uh, so I gave that a plus one. And then we come back to the ring. And Wade on commentary says, one of the best lines. I gave it a plus two. He says, looks like the competition for a date with Mandy Rose is um stiffening up. And then it popped Wade. And then he went silent. It was hysterical. Overall, that segment got a plus five. Diamond Mine was backstage next with Mackenzie Mitchell. Vivian says, without struggle, there is no progression. And when you can't move up, um, and without progression, you can't move up. And we will when we win the Dusty Classic. Julia says, we've been champions on every level. The bigger the stage, the better we are. Brutus says, the Diamond Mine strive for perfection. And we'll face Imperium again, and it will be for the NXT titles. I gave that a plus one for both Creed Brothers speaking and speaking well. Um, they haven't been getting much, so it's good that they're getting more lines. Uh, Grizzly Young Vets interrupt and say to Bivens, shouldn't they get them ready for the Dusty Cup? All you did tonight was make it uh, make it our journey back to the finals much easier. I gave that a plus one, too, because it's true. Kind of doesn't make sense for them to go on the side feud with Imperium while they have to focus on the Dusty. And if I was Grizzly Young Vets, I'd be like, hell yeah, please, by any means, fight them. Fight fucking Walter. Or Gunther, sorry. Gunther. Uh, Bivens tells them they're going to kick their ass next week and calls them nerds. So segment kind of plus two. Next we had LA Knight versus Joe Gacy. Uh, Knight gets thrown to the outside while the refs are looking at Harlan. Uh, Sangha comes from behind. Uh, Knight sees him, then turns around, but he turns around and Waller is there and hits him with a uh, stunner, a rolling stunner. But uh, they show the replay and uh, he comes from the crowd area, jumps over the barricade, and as he's jumping, rolls. Jumps up and hits the stunner. I gave that a plus one. It was really sick. Uh, Knight gets back into the ring at nine. After that, the referee didn't notice any of that. Um, so he gets in at nine, but Gacy immediately hits a springboard handstand clothesline and gets the win. After the match, Waller gets in the ring with Knight. And on the mic, tells Knight that uh, he doesn't belong in the ring with him. And he owns NXT and there's nothing he can do about it. And makes fun of Knight saying, yeah. Uh, Knight hits Waller, but Sangha grabs him and choke slams him. Waller says, if you want to face me, if you can... Uh, if you want to face me next week, if you can beat Sangha, then maybe I'll think about lifting the restraining order. I give that a plus one. So overall, uh, the match got a zero, but overall got a plus two. Uh, Wendy Chu backstage. Uh, her coming up, her match coming up next graphic shows, and she's walking through backstage with her pillow and her water bottle. She stops and yawns and stretches, um, and then heads to the ring. But behind her was Tiffany Stratton, who was watching her. Uh, Robert Stone and Von Wagner backstage uh, promo pre-tape next. Uh, Stone says for the longest time he was focused on the entertainment side of the business and aligned himself with talent he thought would take him to the top, but then he saw a two uh, six foot five, two hundred fifty five pound athlete destroying people and said he had to get connected to that. He gladly paid Wagner's fines and will pay them again and again and again in the future because he is the future, uh, a future NXT WWE and Universal Champ. I don't believe in Von Wagner, but that was a good promo. I gave it a plus one. And then Stone asks who's going to stop stop him and answers no one and says, it's Von Wagner's world. And then Von Wagner says, you're just living in it. But he's so, his voice is terrible. It's so bad. Every time he speaks, it's not convincing. So probably shouldn't have said anything. But uh, I gave Robert Stone a plus one, so it's a good promo. Wendy Chu versus Amari Miller was next. Um, before the match, uh, they showed an earlier today where Tiffany Stratton calls Wendy a freak. And a weirdo and says NXT is for athletes. Um, Tiffany says tells Amari if she beats him. 
Sorry, she was Wendy was or, uh, Tiffany was talking to Amari Miller backstage. Tiffany tells Amari if she beats her tonight, she'll take her shopping, buy her whatever she wants, and Amari says she'll think about it. Uh, what? Then Wendy Chu comes to the ring. Her theme is actually pretty dope. Um, Wendy does an elbow drop where she puts her hands on her head like she's sleeping and drops down. Um, um, I was thinking, wouldn't like while we're watching this match, I was thinking, wouldn't it just be easy to beat Wendy with a sleeper? Once she's like going to sleep, she'll just go to sleep on her own. And then I thought, shouldn't her finisher be a sleeper where she goes to sleep, um, and then after her opponent goes to sleep, she goes to sleep, like. She, like she got him, got her in the sleeper hole. She wins the match. Opponents pass out, and then she brings them down, and they both go to bed. And then her music hits or something, and she wakes up. The ref has to wake her up. Something like that. Uh, Stratton then comes down to the ring mid match and throws her credit card into the ring. Miller picks it up and shakes her head. Yeah, like yeah, she's gonna do it uh, and go shopping with her. But she gets rolled up. But it's only a near fall. Uh, Wendy then hits a mark. Amari with a, like a running double axe handle. She kind of just hit her in the head with her hands off the rope and got the win. Not a good finish. My idea of the, the sleeper was much better. Um, Tiffany gets in the ring and says, we had a deal, give me the card back, but Amari doesn't have the card. On the ramp, Wendy is uh, has the card, uh, and she's dancing and pretending to swipe it like she's going to use it. Backstage, we had Persia. Parada, Indy Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis backstage. Indy is pumped and says Persia and her going to Persia's going to win her first title and she's going to be a two-time tag champ herself. Uh, Persia shows Indy Duke Hudson's Instagram and Indy tells her he's trouble and Persia says she likes trouble. Persia asks Dexter if he thinks Duke is hot and Dexter gives a thumbs down and then Jensen comes in and uh, talks to them about how he can get his relationship with Caden like Indy and Dexter. But not exactly like them. He doesn't think they'll get married. Or maybe one day he could and he rambles. Uh, Indy says a huge turnoff is when guys talk too much. And nonverbal communication is sexy. Indy and Dexter look at each other. And then Indy gets all flustered and smiles big. And says let's hit the hot tub. As they're walking away Dexter just stares down at Jensen. It was pretty funny so I gave that a plus one. Jensen has a realization that that was the hot tub look. And then he looks at Paraja kind of like that. And then. She tells him she's into someone else, and then Jensen says, I am too. Her name's Caden. We're friends, but it could lead to something, and then he keeps rambling. Plus one overall. I like the, th- the I like all that. Persia and Duke, cool, whatever, it's fine. Keep Dexter and Indy doing funny things if they can, as long as they can. Um, and then uh, Jensen and Caden's thing is pretty funny. Uh, I wonder where Brooks was this week. Or even Caden and Casey. None of them were there, I don't think. Uh, we had a vignette for Draco Anthony. Uh, it's a training vignette, basically. It talks about him and the Marines, and how his drill tar- sergeant said he'd never make it uh, as a Marine, but he ended up serving four years. And then he ends with his li- actions are stronger than his words. No points. And then we had a vignette for Nikita Lyons, who I'm excited for. Uh, she's writing lyrics as she's um, during the vignette. Uh, it says she comes from a world of entertainment. It says her dad was a bassist and her mom was a groupie, and she's the end result. She grew up in a van traveling the world while her dad traveled the world. She learned life skills from shady club owners and degenerate musicians. Uh, but everything led her to these lyrics I've written in this very moment. Uh, ends with, ladies better be ready for the lion's roar, which is kind of corny. She sang, and honestly wasn't even that good. But I don't even know if she was singing or rapping. I, I, it was kind of weird. Um, next, we had Saray backstage with Mackenzie Mitchell. 
She says she dedicates her victory to her grandmother. She says she wears the necklace. She can do anything. And then Dakota Kai interrupts and says uh, she can tell how important the necklace is and how important her relationship is with her grandmother. She says no matter how strong the relationship is and stops herself and says not to say the rest. And then instead says the sun always sets on it. No points. Next, we had uh, Draco Anthony himself versus Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward, or with Bodie Hayward. Uh, it was a back-and-forth match, but Draco gets control, and while Bodie is pumping up the crowd, Draco grabs his flag and brings it into the ring and stomps on it and spits on it and then goes to stomp on it again, but Bodie pulls it away, and then um, and then Chase gets uh, crazy on Draco and beats the shit out of him, and then Chase hits a variation of a flatliner for the win. It's very weird that they had a, a vignette for the guy being a Marine and whatever, and then he steps on a flag. Just a weird choice. And then have him be a heel immediately. Um, Chase screams into the camera that next week Von Wagner gets an Andre Chase University size ass whooping. Not excited to see Von Wagner or Chase lose, but uh, whatever. It's a nice little feud for both of them. Next, we have Mandy Rose backstage. Uh, she's exhausted and runs into a kitchen area. And kicks everyone out. She grabs a water and then starts to drink it. And from under the counter, Kaylee Ray comes up uh, behind Mandy and dumps a plate of spaghetti and meatballs on her head. And then ends up throwing a cake in her face. Mandy fucking put her hands up and blocked the cake. And the cake kind of just fell down and didn't even get anything on her. That would have been a much better visual. So minus one for Mandy. She's just got to eat it. Um, and Mandy even asks, why, why are you doing this to me? Like it wasn't obvious. And Kaylee Ray says, you know exactly what I want. Next, we had a uh, Legado del Fantasma with Santos and Electra versus Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, commentary mentioning Dolph Ziggler saying on social media that he would come to NXT and take the title from Braun. So we'll see that if that happens in the future. Ciampa makes fun of uh, Wild's dance moves and does the Macarena and hip thrusts them at him. Ciampa, ends, uh, Ciampa and Breaker do a dual uh, delayed vertical suplex. And after, they're sitting on the mat looking at each other, and they both do the Ciampa clap, such patting themselves on the back spot. Uh, plus one for that. Next, Santos throws Braun into the steps on the outside uh, with, behind the ref's back. Uh, then Breaker uh, gets beat up for a while, tags in Ciampa for the hot tag, who takes out both of Legato, and then immediately tags Braun back in. And we, even Wade on commentary said, that's exact, said exactly what I was thinking and um, was like, why would you tag him back in? He just got beat up. You're the fresh man. Um, they hit a double uh, double team pop-up spine buster. Um, then uh, Braun goes for a move, but Escobar gets on the apron, and Braun moves his attention towards him. Mendoza is able to tag in while Braun is distracted. Santos gets off the apron, and Mendoza hits a top rope missile drop kick. Uh, Mendoza hits a Phoenix splash for a near fall. It was one of the most random Phoenix splashes I've ever seen. Uh, things and uh, things break down. Everyone goes after everyone. Uh, Mendoza from the top rope. Uh, sorry, Mendoza looks for a top rope move. He's kind of like so. I guess he's going for a moonsault onto Champa, who's on the outside, and he's facing the other way, obviously for a moonsault. But it didn't like Champa was barely in position while he was setting himself up. Champa gets up and pushes him, but it was a six spot. He pushes him off the top rope into the announce desk. Um, I gave it a plus one. Ciampa looks absolutely stunned after he did it. Uh, and then Ciampa hits a power slam. Or I'm sorry, uh, Breaker hits a power slam for the win as Santos looks shocked as well. 
after what just happened. Santos gets on the apron and stares down Braun, who puts the title, who puts the title down and tells him to come in the ring. Let's do this now. And then Escobar leaves. Uh, match got a plus three overall, plus five. And then as Champa and Gar, uh, I almost said Gargano, Champa and Breaker are celebrating. Kaylee Ray, Mandy Rose, uh, Chase continues towards ringside. Uh, Mandy's crawling towards the ring. Kaylee Ray says she doesn't want to wait till Vengeance Day. She wants the match next week. Mandy tells her to put the bat down, um, and she does. And then super kicks Mandy and hits her with the KLR bomb. So the match is not at Vengeance Day. I don't know. I don't know if they, I forget if they made it official for next week or not. I think they did. I think it'll end up she'll be getting screwed somehow, and it'll move to Vengeance Day. But hopefully Kaylee Ray wins at some point. All right, I got a plus. Uh, got no points. Overall, the show got a plus twenty-five. Um, Mandy ended up getting zero after going up and down a few times. I feel like throughout the show, but also with zeros, we got GGJC, Cora Jade, uh, Raquel, Pete Dunn, Duke Hudson, Trick Williams, LA Knight, Joe Gacy, Harlan Sanga, uh, Wendy Chu, Amari Miller, Sh- Tiffany Stratton, Persia Parada, Jensen Wagner, uh, Lions, Draco, uh, Andre Chase. All with zeros. Coming in the positives, Robert Stone, Indy Hartwell, and Dexter Loomis with, uh, sorry, Robert Stone, Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, uh, Carmelo Hayes, Saray, and Idris Anofi, all with plus ones. Grayson Waller, Kaylee Ray, Cameron Grimes, and Wade Barrett, all with plus twos. Malik Blade and Legato Del Fantasma, as a tag team, got plus three. Joaquin Wilde actually got an extra point, so he's at plus four himself. Gunther, uh, plus four. Imperium, a plus four. Roddy, a plus four. And um, MVPs in the night tied. We have, uh, at plus five, the Creed Brothers and Tommaso Ciampa. And I put myself, I'd also give it to Braun as well. All four, all five, four of those. Um, but uh, if I had to give it to one of them, probably Ciampa. So uh, the match of the night was Braun and Champa versus Legato. Um, yeah, not much else. So uh, let's move on to AEW. Dynamite. Dynamite from February 2nd from the Wintrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. So it's going to be a hot crowd. Um, start off with John Moxley versus Wheeler Yuta with Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Uh, dueling Let's Go Moxley, Danhausen chants, which was funny. Moxley hits Dirty Deeds on the apron, which is the reverse kind of DDT. Where you grab the guy who's standing next to you looking the same way and spike his head down. Um, Orange Cassidy and Mox stare at each other, uh, stare each other down. Mox turns around and Danhausen points and curses at him. Uh, not curses at him, curses him. Uh, and then Yuta dives onto Mox from the outside. They all got a, that's a plus one spot there. Uh, Moxley hits a cutter and then goes for the paradigm shift. Yuta counters with an Olympic slam and then a frog splash for a near fall. Mox gets uh, the bully choke in and then hits a clothesline and then. Um, it's a paradigm shift for the win. Um, match got a plus two overall, plus three. After the match, Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Brian Danielson, comes into the ring and cuts a promo with Mox. Um, Brian um, asked the crowd if he wants to see them fight each other, and the crowd chants yes. Uh, Brian said for a long time he wanted to see them fight too, because he was different. Uh, he, he being Mox, and now ever ever since he came back, uh, he's a new John Moxley, and there's a part of him uh, that wants to test Moxley in the ring. 
Brian mentions watching him from where uh, where he was before when Mox was AEW champ, aka being in WWE still. Uh, Mox was AEW champ and said Mox was the best AEW champ, and he said uh, if he had some support, he would still be AEW champ. Brian says that when I realized we shouldn't be fighting, we should be fighting together. The crowd chants yes again. I give that a plus one. That's an awesome idea. Brian tells the crowd he uh, gets they all love AEW, but there's no reason that a millennial cowboy should be champ. Brian says, also, no one dressed as a dinosaur should be tag champ, and someone whose main contribution to society is creating a vlog shouldn't be TNT champ. All facts, kind of, when you say it like that. Gave it a plus one. Together, Brian tells Mox they could run this place, and if they wanted, uh, Mox could be AW world champ, and with his help, they could be tag champs as well. Brian says they could mold guys in the back like Wheeler Yuta, uh, but he comes out to the ring with jokes. Uh, Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy or Daniel Garcia take him away from 2.0 someone like Lee Moriarty instead of him being around Dante Martin and uh, Dante Martin's high-flying bullcrap and uh, Matt Seidel so I gave that a plus one as well he's saying some real shit uh, Brian says he even uh, even though they as the crowd doesn't like me they like what I'm talking about Brian tells Moxie doesn't have to answer now but Think about all the possibilities and the greatness they can create. Brian extends his hand to Mox, and Mox looks around. Brian says he knows it's a lot, so think about it, and then he leaves. Uh, plus three there for Brian. Uh, Brandy Rhodes is in the ring next. She's just not good. Uh, graphics says Brandy is on an eight-match win streak. Okay, cool. Um, Brandy says it's great to be in Cleveland or Chicago. It's the same thing. A lot of snow, blah, blah, blah. One of the worst ways, to, like worst insults. Oh, I said the wrong town. Like, when R-Truth said it by accident as a face, it's funny. Like, and funny to make fun of. But, you, yeah. oh, Cleveland, oh, oh no, we're in Chicago. Oh, like, I didn't know that. And then Dan Lambert comes out quickly, thank God, cuts her off. Lambert says, someone who's in the business should know it's bad to believe their own crap. Lambert says he can pretend Cody earned his spot. Uh, you can pretend Cody earned his spot in AEW. You can pretend chief branding officer is an actual position and not something given to stroke your massive ego. Plus one. You can pretend you're Jenny from the block, uh, but you're as fake as those bulldogs popping out of your t-shirt right now. Plus one. And then uh, Brandy tries to be cool and squeezes her tits together. Um, Lambert says she can't pretend she's not uh, getting booed out of the arena, um, even though she's standing in the ring with a rich, conservative, angry, sexist, AEW-hating old man like himself. He says he feels like a decent human being next to her. It's a good way to make fun of himself and still make fun of Brandy. Brandy says she doesn't know why Ethan is laughing since he's the only since the only reason he got signed was to get to Josh Alexander. So that makes me think they failed. They signed this guy to sign someone else and didn't sign that guy. Way to bring that up, Brandy. Good job. Brandy says she doesn't understand the beef between them, and she says she uh, she got to know. Uh, they says they should get to know each other. Brady says she looked up Lambert and said saw he saw he was doing great. Crowd chance to shut the fuck up. Brandy says the best fighter got knocked out by Jake Paul, and then it mentions Amanda Nunez, but that's too soon. You give that a minus one. Um, Brandy sounds pretty dumb there. She already she, she goes on to mention Nunez, so she knows Nunez is America top team, which is the greatest women's fighter of all time, one of the greatest fighters of all time. But um, says his best fighter is. Tyron Woodley, especially now in his career. Come on, even I know that. It's not true. Uh, and I'm not the biggest MMA fan. I've watched time to time. 
I don't know, the teams and stuff. I kind of looked up the roster to make sure. And, yeah, Nunes is on it. Woodley was on it. Um, and a couple other big names. So, yeah, I wouldn't say Woodley. Woodley was maybe at one point when he was champ, you know, um, going on a huge streak. But say he's the, he, the, the, their best fighter got knocked out by Jake Paul. When he got knocked out by Jake Paul, he wasn't their best fighter. Um, um, then Brandy says she should have spent less. Uh, she, he should spend less time in AEW, more time in American Top Tits. I mean, Top Team. Same thing. I I, I don't even understand what that's a joke about. Like if Lambert had called her like uh, her group fucking Nightmare Tits or something. I don't know something that made sense and was funny. It makes sense. She has tits that she and she was showing them off earlier. She was squeezing them together. Like she's not afraid to show them. Not afraid to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't get what she was trying to say. America Top Tits. What is it? How does that make fun of anything? It's not like the girls on America Top Team are just flaunting their their bodies. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what she's trying to get. She's just really bad at insulting people. Um, then Lambert says, "Why doesn't the whole family go heel?" Basically, I hate when they say that. I gave that a minus one. You can't. I stop saying you should go heel because then once you, you're going heel, it's like. Oh, I'm only doing this because it's a thing in wrestling. Like, just turn heel. Just do it. Don't don't tell me about heels and faces on TV. You just don't need to do it. Um, the only face turn that he said the only face turn that anyone's gonna get gonna buy from you guys is is your old job where you turn face down. That's ruthless. Give that a plus one. Uh, would have been funnier if she actually like did porn or something before, but it's still pretty funny. Brandy slaps Lambert. Um, and Lambert says slapping her is on her bucket list, but she doesn't want to get he doesn't want to get canceled, so he has another idea. And then Paige Van Zant comes down. Um, and then Brandy like charges at her awfully and like ugh, gets Paige in the corner, but then the entire woman's locker room separates them. It was pretty bad. Uh, Lambert kept this kept this segment afloat. Um, that last part got a minus one, so overall the segment ended up getting a minus one, all to Brandy. Whoa, Lambert got a one minus one, but redeem themselves by the end of that, like, that sentence. So, um, yeah, overall plus one. But not a bad statement overall, just Brandy being awful. But Lambert was, was great. Next, we had Andrade in the H- uh, Hardy family office backstage. Hardy tells Private Party he's disappointed they didn't win the tag titles. Uh, he says Sammy has an open challenge for the TNT title, so he's answering it and wants the title. Andrade walks in and asks what happened last week, and Matt tells him he's disappointed in them. And next week, Isaiah Cassidy is facing Sammy for the TNT title. Quinn says he wants to face Sammy, but Matt tells him he's the one who got pinned last week, so no. Andrade tells him to wait and um, tells them to wait and do, uh, not to make mistakes. Cassidy tells him he's going to take his title uh, and then maybe take his girl um, for the first, um, and then goes for a fist bump. Uh, and then Andre, uh, Andrade ignores the fist bump, uh, but his manager um, comes up. And give, I forget his manager's name. It, they say it on Rampage, so I'll remember that. But uh, he comes up uh, on the screen and gives him the fist bump. I give that a plus one. I'm not going to give points to the manager, but for the overall, got a plus one pop me. Um, Matt asks Andrade why Darby isn't signed to the Hardy family or the Andrade Hardy family office yet. And Andrade says maybe he wants more money. Andrade leaves, and Matt grabs uh, Cassidy and says, This is your chance to be a star. Overall, plus one. We have Malachi Black and Brody King. Uh, I, guess, I think they're called the King of the Black Throne versus Pentagon and Pac. Pac comes out with Alex. Um, I don't remember his last name, which is Pen- 
Penn's guy, Penn and Phoenix's guy. Uh, he's using him to walk to the ring with uh, he's got a thing a blindfold over his eyes. Pack wrestles blind for the first sequence and then takes it off, showing he can see, which I'm pretty sure he said he could see in the promos. So I don't know. Penn and Pack go uh, for package pile driver stomp, but Brody throws Pack off the rope and onto the outside, and then Black counters uh, out of the pile driver. And with the ref distracted, uh, spit black mist in Penta's eyes, and then they hit Dante's Inferno for the win. Match got a plus two overall, plus two. And we had Adam Cole on the Cutler cam. Says he's still undefeated, and his record shows it. And if he has to hear one more time that Orange Cassidy beat him, he will slap you in the mouth. Even being undefeated, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Says he's one of the best damn wrestlers on the planet. You see a new side. You'll see a new side of Adam Cole. Um, and Adam Cole takes what he wants. Plus one for that. Finally, kind of. I think people who are getting sick of what Adam Cole's been doing is now time to show who he really is and get him back on top of the uh, the company or get him on top of the company for the first time. Um, on Rampage, he'll be facing Evil Uno, which is not a great start. And when he hurt, and when he hurts and beats the entire world, uh, beats him, the entire world will know exactly what I want. So, uh, all right, at least he'll get a squash match on a rampage. That's that's the thought after that segment. He'll squash Evil Uno, beat the shit out of him, and he'll start being what, basically what he was in NXT, or how he was looked at in NXT. Next, we had Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero versus Ruby Soho. This was a terrible match. Uh, Lars Fredrickson was from Rancid was at ringside. Um, Lars helps Ruby take off her jacket because last time she fought Nyla, it took her like 20 minutes to get her jacket off. Um, uh, Ruby throws the jacket at Nyla when she gets in the ring and the match starts. Uh, there's lots of bo- a lot of boring stretching out of Ruby. Uh, Ruby fires up during picture-in-picture commercial. Um, on the apron, Ruby lifts Nyla on her shoulders. Nyla, Nyla just completely jumps, though. Like, it looked like she was trying to get on her shoulders. And then she poorly dropped her on the apron. It didn't look good. So both of them got a minus one. Overall, minus one, but it goes to both of them. Uh, Ruby gets a near fall, but Vicky puts Nyla's foot on the rope. Uh, Ruby goes after Vicky. Uh, almost trips leaving the ring, but Nyla drags her back into the ring and then grabs her by the uh, neck and hits a neck breaker while Ruby was um, hanging between the second rope, or hanging on the second rope. Ruby goes for the top rope Hurricane Rana, but Nyla catches her while sitting on the top rope. Goes for the Beast Bomb, but Ruby counters out. Ruby then goes to kick Nyla, who is still on the top rope, but misses absolutely, like, 100% misses completely. Um, she did, like, a pump kick. Like, I think it's kind of her finish where, like, she does a pump kick to the person's head, falling to the ground, kind of like a Pele kick. Um, so her right leg was, was closest to Nyla. That was the side that Nyla was on. She pumps with that leg and then throws the kick with the left leg, which was nowhere near Nyla. And then she falls and sells like she got hurt. Not Nia, uh, Ruby, because she missed. Um, but just awful, awful. You can't, you can't be doing. Ruby can't be doing that. She's too good and too much of a veteran to do shit like that. Um, minus one. Uh, Nyla hit a swanton on Ruby's back and then hit a beast bomb for the win. Match got a minus one. Overall got a minus three. We had the Gun Club backstage. Um, Billy Gunn got a camera to follow him, and they walk up to Jungle Boy. They start talking about Jungle Book and singing the song at him. Uh, and then he uh, throws his jacket at one of them and start, tries to take on all three. 
but they beat him up and throw him outside. It was like a rainy, snowy day. Um, they throw him onto the ground, and then they throw him onto a pile of snow. That was a cool spot, plus one. Then the gun club runs off as Christian and Luchasaurus run up to defend Jungle Boy. Uh, we had Hangman on page in ring interview with Tony Schiavone. Uh, his graphic reads, quote, he doesn't know his flight is already canceled. Which is <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, Tony asks his thoughts on the Texas death match next week. He says 81 days he's been champion. He's defended the title twice. He's been waiting and he's still waiting. He mentions his wife and his five-month-old kid at home and that his flight is probably canceled and he doesn't give a shit um, that it's a Texas death match because he needs something and he doesn't need it next week. He needs it tonight and challenges Lance to come out to the ring and fight. Dan Lambert and Jake Roberts come out. Lambert talks shit about him being a cowboy, and he says he should have stayed in Cleveland because that's where they can't. They already canceled their Indians. Um, Hangman tells him he doesn't care or want to hear it anymore, but if uh, Jake cuts him off and tells him he's hearing that Hangman has been acting different, and Jake thinks that's because it's uh, he's scared and he's got a lot of fear. Archer gives a uh, comes out and says, "Let's just do this," and goes to the ring. Page meets him with a suicide dive. Lambert hits Hangman with a chair. Uh, and the fucking production truck missed it. Minus one for AEW Productions. Um, Hangman no-sells it and then throws Lambert into the ring. And then Archer hits Page with a chair. And then choke slams him on a vertically standing stairs. Um, which look brutal. Plus one. Uh, and then Archer hits the blackout through the uh, timekeeper table. Archer says into the camera... He's becoming AEW champion, doesn't care what anyone thinks or wants. Plus one overall. Backstage, we had Chris Jericho. He's telling Santana and Ortiz that what they did last week, not tagging them in, was disrespectful and embarrassing. Jericho asked for what? Eddie Kingston? Because they started in the business together. Well, Jericho reminds them that they started this company together. Jericho asked Kingston. Uh, uh, he asked how Kingston has a hold of them. And he says, no one has more influence in this business than him. Jericho says, when it comes to AEW, he's more of an influencer than Kylie uh, Jenner on Instagram. Minus one. Just such a fucking forced, brutal reference that's not even relevant or funny right now. Uh, Jericho asking slash demanding a full inner circle team meeting next week live on Dynamite. And they will be they better all show up, especially Santana and Ortiz, because attendance is mandatory. Next, we had the main event. CM Punk versus MJF, and my god, this match started with 50 minutes left, I believe, of the show. Um, but let's get right into it. Punk's uh, Punk's pop was not as big as I really... Like, it was not big compared to his uh, his previous pop. Uh, in Chicago, obviously, was the first time coming back. But um, the initial pop is what I'm talking about. They chanted for him all night. They chanted for him when he came to the ring. But when his music hit, I expected the place to explode more than it did. Not that that's, that takes away anything, but... Maybe it just didn't come off big on TV. There was a sign that says, I want to be the crying guy with this picture. That was really funny. Um, MJF had dope pinstripe gear. Gave him a plus one for that. Uh, they were, the match started. They were loud CM Punk chants, so they made up for it. Um, MJF sitting on the middle rope getting punched while... Uh, uh, so oh, He was between the uh, second rope and the top rope, so his body was, and his legs were still in the ring, and he was getting punched, and bouncing up and down uh, the ropes were taking his momentum and swinging him back up and down it was a pretty cool spot it was funny give that a plus one MJF runs away, uh, runs away and goes through the crowd but Punk chases him and they're fighting in the stands Punk hits MJF with a, like a full beer 
Ref uh, goes up to the sands with them, and Excalibur mentioning he wouldn't want this match to end. The ref wouldn't want this match to end in a countout. This is beautiful logic. Plus one for Excalibur. Uh, Punk playing with the crowd by beating M- uh, beating up MJF. Uh, lays on the top rope. He's just in full control of the match at this point. Punk goes for an elbow drop, but MJF rolls out of the way. Punk runs out. He doesn't deliver the elbow drop. He rolls out before he could. Uh, Punk does this a lot in this match. Or MJF does this a lot in this match, which is good. Uh, goes for a move, rolls out of the way. Punk runs out, and MJF, who moves and dives into the ropes, going all the way to the outside. So, oh, he does the shoulder. It was a shoulder. Um, so he goes to, like, spear him into the corner, but he sidesteps him, and um, Punk flies through the rope, hitting it, doing the shoulder post spot, but flying out of the ring and falling to the outside. That's a plus one. MJF takes advantage and stands on Punk's arm on the timekeeper table and then drops his knee on it. MJF uh, looks, uh, locks in an armbar and then jerks off Punk's hand, which was funny. Gave that a plus one. Uh, the crowd chants, New York sucks. I didn't like that. <laughs> Personal reasons. Uh, Punk hits his corner knee and the Bulldog um, and then symbols for the GTS. And the crowd chants, go to sleep, but MJF again rolls out of the ring. Uh, Punk lets someone in front of the, uh, someone in the front row chop MJF. I don't know if he knew him or not. Uh, MJF pulls the ref in front of him. Punk walks uh, walks the ref away for some reason. Grabs the ref and walks him away with his back turned. Um, and then from behind, MJF chokes Punk with his wrist tape, um, but puts it hides it under a sleeper. So he had his sleeper one hand, and then the other arm was pulling the uh, the tape, choking him. Um, the ref can't see it at all. Punk lifts MJF, um, lifts MJF up for a GTS, but quickly goes back into the sleeper. Um, and they go to the mat. And the ref drops the arm once, twice, three times, and rings the bell. MJF wins. I gave it a plus one. His music hit. I I got to a legitimate point where I wrote down a shocking, legit shocking finish. So they got they got it to a good point where I believed that it could have ended. Um, that, that if they walked off the air, that would have been, first I was like, it's getting restarted, right? Someone's going to run down and then no one came to, I was not going to think he was going to drop the, uh, the tape. So I thought someone would come down and it would restart. And then that didn't, I was like, well, oh shit, legit. I was like, there's so much time left. What are, what are they going to do? So I was kind of baffled. I had no idea what was going on. Uh, and then MJF drops the, uh, so I gave that a plus one. I don't know if I said that already. MJF drops the tape when he's celebrating and realizes what happened and then, Somehow the ref was able to put together that he was choking him with it, and then they restarted the match. Punk rolls him up immediately for a near fall, but ends up taking over the match. Um, it's pre- <laughs> this was real. This would be pretty irresponsible for a ref to restart the match uh, from a guy who just got choked out, especially illegally. Guy gets knocked out, you can't let him fight again. That's funny. Um, but obviously this is pro wrestling. So um, now Punk uh, is in control of the match. He gets MJF in the corner and goes on the top rope and hits him 20 times. Ref not counting to five, obviously. Uh, Punk locks in and it's like Punk can do whatever he wants now. Fucking MJF just got caught for illegally choking him. Um, so that's good refing. Punk locks in an STF but can't hold on because his arm's hurt. He's been selling the arm the whole time. Uh, Punk goes for a GTS, but his knee crumbles. They'd been working the knee the whole time, too, so he'd been working his arm and his knee the entire match. 
was arm for most of them, for all of the match. And then his knee, he he did that too towards the, the middle, I guess. Punk ends up hitting a poison rana, um, and MJF really sells his neck after. Punk tries to get up, but collapse. Uh, Punk tries to get MJF up, but uh, he collapses. MJF sells the neck uh, from the Rana when he uh, bounces off the ropes to do a move, but stops and screams in pain and grabs his neck, um, and that but manages to uh, take out Punk's legs twice with chop blocks and one to the front of the knee. Both guys are down, and the crowd chants "Deep Dish Pizza." I don't know. I don't know why during this match that's what they want to chant. Punk runs MJF into the corner where the ref uh, where the ref is, so he dodges out of uh, harm's way, but MJF kicks back, low blows Punk, rolls him up, puts his feet on the rope, and gets a near fall. Uh, they start biting each other at one point. They go back and forth. Um, Punk hits a Pepsi plunge, which is, if you don't know, it's a pedigree from his ROH days. Um, from the top rope, um, MJF was on the middle rope, technically, but Punk was on the top rope. Um yeah, they said JR said he hadn't done that move in 17 years. Um, so MJF ends up rolling out of the ring so he can't get pinned. Um, Punk hits a nasty kick to, uh, in an elbow drop for a very near fall. Uh, Punk symbols for GTS and MJF falls out of the ring again. Wardlow walks to the ring, uh, walks to ringside. MJF is laid out at ringside and Punk is standing by him. Wardlow st- uh, steps over MJF and gets in Punk's face, but then backs away. Looks all cool. Looks like he's like, all right, let's be, go beat the shit out of MJF. Punk throws MJF in the ring, but keeps staring at Wardlow, which the uh, which has the ref watching Wardlow is still uh, watching and warning Wardlow not to do anything himself. Punk turns around and MJF hits him with the diamond for the win. I mean, I feel like I, I don't know if they're running it back at a uh, Revolution. They just had this fifty minute match or whatever. Uh, including entrances and shit. Um, so I don't know if they're running it back at Revolution. I'm fine if they do, or if they don't. But uh, if they don't, MJF probably should have just won clean. I mean, heels can win in shitty ways, especially MJF, but the diamond ring has been used so many times. He's already cheated. Like, he choked him out. I don't know. I think they could have done something else. They didn't need to just blade blatantly hit him with a with the ring for the win I, they needed to do something with Wardlow though so I don't blame him um, so after the match they showed a replay and Wardlow drops the diamond ring to MJF while he's stepping over him um, so I give that a plus one too um, yeah I guess they should not nah, fuck it they should should have done it run it back at Revolution have Wardlow that's where Wardlow turns or something and Punk wins and then maybe they have a third match I don't know Wardlow's got to turn soon, though, right? So overall, the match got a plus 7, and overall got a plus 14. It wasn't like the greatest match I've ever seen, but it was really entertaining. And they put it together a good story. Overall, the show got a plus 21. Brandy, minus 4. Ruby, minus 3. Nyla, minus 2. And AEW Productions and Chris Jericho, minus 1. Paige Van Zant, Matt Hardy, Private Party, Andrade, all got zeros. Wardlow, Excalibur, The Gun Club, Billy Gunn, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, Dan Housen, Adam Cole, Hangman, and Lance Archer all got a plus one. Dan Lambert, Malachi Black, Brody King, Penta, Pac, all got a plus two. Uh, Brian Danielson, a plus three. Uta Wheeler, Moxley, also a plus three. CM Punk, a plus ten. And your MVP, MJF, plus twelve. And the match of the night, obviously, is um, 
MJF for CM Punk. So uh, that is Dynamite. Got SmackDown and Rampage and finish this up under two hours, hopefully. SmackDown. From the Paycom Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on February 4th. Started with Roman Reigns and the Usos and Paul Heyman in-ring promo. This actually might be the worst segment involving all these three people. Not that it was bad. I just you'll we'll get to it. I guess starts with um, them telling us that fi- it's been 522 days since Roman Reigns has been Universal Champion. Heyman says it wasn't a conspiracy um, or to make Brock Lesnar look foolish, even though he do- did look foolish. Heyman said he looked uh, foolish when he told himself look foolish. Paul Heyman. Uh, when he told Roman Reigns he thought that he uh, should stay away from Brock Lesnar, and he rightfully got Superman punch and fired. Habit said when Roman had COVID, he was able to uh, get Brock into the Fatal Five Way, and he did what only Ro- him or Roman could do, and that was win the WWE title. He goes uh, on and thought Roman on SmackDown and Brock on Raw, everything would be fine, but Brock, soon as he became champ, came to SmackDown and challenged Roman for title for title at Mania. And called it stupid, just like Brock's new look. Paul said he stuck. Uh, he uh, oh, Paul knew he was stuck with no way out, and uh, knew he screwed up with Roman, and it stuck with a uh, and was stuck with a happy farmer who wants to take people to Suplex City. Uh, he said Roman showed uh, Roman showed that a, a goat can always slay a beast, and he thought that uh, yeah, he would have to spend his whole life. Uh, doing the Brock shtick and saying, you'll never hear that again. I wonder if that's true or not. When Roman smashed Brock at Royal Rumble, Paul knew that he would have to protect Roman. Uh, he wouldn't have to protect Roman from Brock. He'd have to protect Brock from Roman. Said Roman came to him and offered his hand for a forgiveness, love, family, the bloodline, and and of all acknowledgement. And he handed uh, Roman the WWE Championship and uh, said he smashed Lesnar with it. He tells the fans that they have to acknowledge there will be no title versus title match because Brock isn't a champ, and at WrestleMania he will acknowledge the champion Roman Reigns. Paul tells Brock this is this is how uh, this is how it's done. Then turns to Roman and says he acknowledges him as his tribal chief. Paul tells OKC to acknowledge the tribal chief. Goldberg interrupts. A big rumor that he was coming back, and then Goldberg says he acknowledges Roman, acknowledges him as the next victim. Should have just said like I acknowledge you. That you're next. And then that'd be it. But then he said a couple more lines about being next. Um, all right, good. Do that match in Saudi, not Mania. Two years in the making, I guess they want to do it. In Saudi Arabia, that's a perfect Saudi Arabia match. Uh, Roman, or Roman, Ridge Holland versus, uh, with Sheamus versus Ricochet and Cesaro. Uh, Ridge was throwing Ricochet around, and then Cesaro and Sheamus yelling at each other on the outside. Ridge slow to get back into the ring. And as he's getting into the ring, um, Ricochet hits him with a face buster for the win. No points. Led to a commercial. And then coming back from commercial, we had Ridge Holland and Sheamus versus Ricochet and Cesaro. Um, just make it a long tag match. I don't I, I don't need to do that, that style of booking. Sheamus had given uh, his shillelagh coat and hat to Pat McAfee, who was wearing the coat. and uh, or The coat was around the chair. His hat. He was wearing the hat, and he had the shillelagh. And he said he never felt like more like a Patrick Ma- McAfee in his life. Pack out plus one. Ridge pounced Ricochet to the outside from the ropes. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, on the outside, he pounced Ricochet into the ropes, bounced him back out on, on the floor. That was a sweet spot. Plus one. Cesaro suplexes Sheamus off the top rope, 
But Ridge tagged in instead, and he, no one saw it. And then Cesaro, uh, he hit Cesaro with Northern Brit for the win. Match got a zero overall, plus one. Next, we had Jimmy with Jay Uso versus Eric with Ivar. Uh, Eric needs Jimmy, who looks ca- uh, knocked out. Jay slides in to try to wake him up. Ivar comes off, jumps off the steps, but Jay sidesteps him, and Ivar goes flying. Jimmy counters Eric with a super kick and it hits a splash for a win. Uh, the slow motion of Jimmy holding up the ones uh, mid splash was pretty dope. Uh, plus one for production and for Jimmy. Overall, plus one matches zero. Uh, Aaliyah versus Natty. Aaliyah comes out. Uh, or Aaliyah counters Natty and does the Natty scream. I gave Aaliyah plus one. Fucking Natty. Hey! Ah, like all that shit. She made fun of that. It was good. They fight on the outside. And at 7, Aaliyah counters Natty and throws her into the barricade. Um, and Aaliyah slides in for the win. I gave that spot a minus 1. Um, the way she threw it's like a 7 or 8 count. She throws Natty so softly. And Natty, it's like a, the video game, like 2K, where they're just running for an Irish whip. And then they, they, they sell it and they get hit. Um, it looks so dumb. And then, yeah. So overall got a 0, match got a 0. Next, we had Drew coming, walking to the ring backstage. It starts with Shotzi on her phone, and then Drew, Lock, uh, Drew Gulak comes in, comes up to her and says something. There was no sound for this segment. Uh, Pat was like, is that Drew Gulak? Um, and then uh, she ignores him, and then um, Drew walks by him with Angela on his way to the ring. Gulak was wearing fucking shades and a turtleneck, like round shades. Um, next we had Drew McIntyre in-ring promo. He says the truth is after day one, doctors told him he wasn't going to make the Rumble or WrestleMania, and he told the doctor he could kiss his ass, and he rehabbed three times a day for six days a week. Felt like he was out less, like, shorter than Cody Rhodes was out. Uh, he said he didn't win the Rumble, but he'll deal with Brock later, uh, because he's going to kill Madcap and Corbin. Corbin comes out and asks, uh, if he would throw us, uh, if throwing us out was worth it. Getting thrown out like a sack of garbage uh, by Brock. Madcap sneaks in from behind, and Drew knew it, and he sticks his sword out, and that stops him. Drew sarcastically said no one saw that coming, uh, and then wants Madcap Moss to tell he wants Madcap Moss to tell a joke, and if Corbin comes to the ringside, he says there will be blood. Moss asks, how do you know when a toothbrush is invented in Oklahoma? But Drew says he doesn't want to hear Oklahoma jokes. He wants to hear Drew McIntyre jokes, like he's been saying since he's been out. I want to hear that Oklahoma joke. I want to know the punchline. Moss says, what uh, what two criminals found not guilty have in common with the main event of WrestleMania? They both get off scot-free. It's a good joke. I gave it a plus one. Uh, Drew stares him and laughs, starts laughing hysterically after staring at him for like 10 seconds. He laughs so hard and then like walks around the ring and then Claymore's Moss. Drew tells Corbin he's going to make their lives hell every single week. And this is just the beginning. Uh, segment got a zero, but uh, or no, segment got a plus one, I should say. But um, God, don't make their. It, it might be fun, fun segments every week, but we this feud does not need to go all the way to Mania or anything. After that, they showed Sammy at the uh, Jackass Forever premiere, uh, where Sammy got kicked out. Um, Knoxville told Sammy he was asked not to come, and Sammy said, "You come to my work, but I can't come to yours." Sammy gets escorted out, and Knoxville pokes him with a cattle prod, an electric cattle prod. Um, on his way out. And then Sammy is in Sonya and Pierce's office when they come back to what's happening live. And Sammy asks how they allow to play that footage on TV. 
Sammy says he's been number one contender for the Intercontinental Champ for two months. And when he will, when will he be getting his match? Sonya says, how about next week? And Sammy says he would, but he needs time to recover from the cattle prod. Pierce suggests that in two weeks uh, they should have a match, and Sammy agrees. Pierce asks if he should invite Knoxville, and Sammy tells him he's not funny. Sammy leaves, but Natty comes in and uh, says Aaliyah has never legitimately beat her and wants a pinfall or submission-only match, and they call it dungeon style. I don't know how that's dungeon style, but um, she's beat, she's pinned you. She rolled you up. She pinned you. Shut up, Natty. Minus one. Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky, a championship contender match. Boogs' guitar wasn't working on the way to the ring. Sammy comes out and does commentary. It's a decent back-and-forth match, uh, but it ends with a Kinshasa. No points. Naomi and Sa- uh, Sonya in Pierce's office. She says, uh, I knew you were coming. Uh, said, you knew I was coming for you uh, for what you did to me in the Rumble, so meet me in the ring in five minutes. Sonya has excuses why she can't. She has so many emails, blah, blah, blah. And stuff she has to do. She says, uh, Naomi says next week then. And Sonya tells her she can't because Naomi has a uh, match versus Charlotte for the women's title. But Naomi doesn't believe Sonya. And Pierce tells her she has his word. um, And that she thanks Adam Pierce and tells tells Sonya that she's safe for now. No points. Natty's now again backstage. It's a fucking another three Natty segments. Um, She's with Kayla. She... Um, she uh, asks about the dungeon style match and says she's going to tell Leah right now. She walks into the locker room, but she goes to lock in, walk into the locker room. But Xia Lee, um, Xia Lee walks out and stares down Natty, and she turns around and says, "Next week she'll 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 tell her." I guess somehow Leah won't find out from then to next week when the matches. Pat mentions there was a man in the background working, and Pat asks who he was, what he was doing, and what his thoughts are. And got no sold by fucking, uh, by Cole. Um, a lot of times there are random workers in backs of, uh, these promos. And it's just, I don't know, it makes it feel more real, I guess. Um, we had New Day versus Los Lotharios next. Uh, New Day standing in the ring, uh, with ref Dan Angler. Mimicking the way he was standing with his, like, arms down, uh, over, like, over his dick, actually. Just, like, normal, like, holding one hand in the other, arms down. They were mimicking him, and they were trying to get him to dance. It's pretty funny. Los Sotarios come out. They have a video of them uh, shown earlier in the day during a Valentine's Day photo shoot, which New Day crashed and basically mocked. Um, Kofi goes for a dive onto Umberto during the match, but uh, Angel drop kicks him. Um, I give that. That was a plus one spot. That looked really cool. Uh, Angel rips his pants off. And Pat McAfee references, it's like A.J. Hawk in a pickup game of basketball for old men with, with bad knees. And Michael Cole says, wow, business is awful with an A.J. Hawk reference on SmackDown. And I popped huge, and I got a plus, gave it a plus one for Cole. Biggie holds Angel up, and Kofi um, holds Angel up, and Kofi from the top bulldogs him, and they get a near fall. Uh, Umberto broke it up. Biggie goes for the apron spear. But Umberto moves out of the way, and Big E crashes to the floor and then does a moonsault from the outside onto Big E. Uh, Los Lotharios do a dropkick doomsday device for a near fall, and Kofi kicks out. It was a good spot. Kofi stomps Umberto, but Angel uh, super kicks Kofi right in the face. Uh, goes for a wing clipper, but gets countered. Big E tags in, and they hit the assisted big ending from the top. 
It's a pretty good match, honestly. A lot of back and forth. Los Lotharios are awesome. They can work with anyone, make a good match. New Day, obviously, as well. Match got plus four overall, plus six. Then we had the main event segment. Sonya, Charlotte, and Ronda. And, ugh, it wasn't as bad as on Monday, I guess. I don't remember what the, uh, what the seg- I forgot what the segment graded, but um, let's just go through it. Sonya and Charlotte are in the ring to start, and Sonya tells Charlotte that Becky told her Ronda chose her as a Becky, as her opponent. So Sonya tells Charlotte that Ronda, that uh, Becky told Sonya that Ronda chose Charlotte, or chose Becky. I can't say it. S- Sonya told Charlotte that Becky told Sonya that Ronda is picking Becky. That's what it was. Um, Sonya tells Charlotte after she beats Naomi next week, she'll need a WrestleMania opponent. So Charlotte can choose who that will be. Charlotte says she's not surprised Ronda picked Becky because Charlotte says she has been the best since 2015 and Ronda has been playing video games, farming, and having a baby. It's just a lie. You have not been the best. Charlotte says Ronda is a top athlete, but mom versus mom is an easier route. Charlotte says um, she is the main event of WrestleMania, which is just literally laughable because you're not if she doesn't pick you. Um... And if you want to pick, uh, Charlotte says, if you want to pick the undercard, then be my guest. Number one doesn't talk about number two, even though she's literally just been talking about them the entire time. So Charlotte is just fucking stupid. Charlotte says she'll pick Sasha Sasha Banks, who isn't here tonight, um, for WrestleMania. I don't know. So Ronda comes out. Ronda says she had a lot. uh, She is. uh, Sorry. Ronda said a lot. of he said, she said bullshit is basically going on. Um, and she's the one who gets to pick uh, who her opponent is. Rhonda says, being a mom did change her. And uh, she didn't fly here in the snowstorm with her baby. Just to talk. To, uh, just to talk. And Charlotte, um, one of many people she owes an ass kicking to, she said. Rhonda tells Charlotte she's not special. Which is a great line, because she isn't. Um. She was just uh, first and told her she'll be uh, she'll be her WrestleMania bitch. And um, I don't know, stop saying bitch. Um, at this point, I'm like, I said, stop saying bitch. Why even mention you pick Sasha? And then I figured maybe if they have a maybe it'll Sasha will be like, oh, you picked me. Let's have a fucking match. And then it'll set up a Saudi match, which should be good. So if they do that, that's fine. Charlotte tells Ronda, uh, this title is her baby and it's prettier than Ronda's, uh, Ronda's baby. Ronda takes off her jacket and Sonya steps in, tells Ronda that she has a terrible temper and tells her she runs the show, not her. Ronda pushes Sonya off, uh, pushes Sonya out of her way. Um, Charlotte misses a clothesline. Sonya jumps on Ronda's back, but Ronda does her fireman's carry move, move and uh, gets her in an armbar as then the show goes off the air. No points for uh, for that segment. Could have given some minus points for stupid shit Charlotte said, but it wasn't wasn't as bad as as that. Um, overall, terrible SmackDown, I guess. It got a plus eight. Um, only Natty with a minus one. Uh, Roman, and well, when Roman's getting a zero, and Heyman's getting a zero, and that whole segment, and the Usos, it's like, what the fuck? Where are these points going to come from? So, Roman, Heyman, Sheamus, Cesaro, Usos, Eric, Ivar, Aaliyah, Natty. Oh, no, not Natty. I already said Natty. Aaliyah, Drew, 
McIntyre, not Gulak. Didn't do enough to get a, get on the list, neither did Shotzi. Uh, Corbin, Nakamura, Jinder, Naomi, Sonya, Pierce, Charlotte, and Ronda, all with zeros. WWE Deductions, uh, Riddick Moss, Ricochet, and Ridge Holland, and Jimmy Uso with a plus one. Umberto with a plus three. Big E and Angel with a plus four. And your MVP of the day is Kofi Kingston. That's how disappointing SmackDown was. Not that Kofi can't be MVP, but Roman was on the show. Was in an entire segment and said nothing. So, pretty boring SmackDown. Uh, match of the night was New Day versus Los Lotharios. So, let's close it up with some Rampage. Um, also on the 4th from the Trust Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Started with Adam Cole versus Evil Uno. Evil Uno didn't get an entrance. They do that a lot on Rampage. Um, Evil Uno gets a good percentage of offense in the match. Uh, Cole ends up super kicking Uno's face twice while he's on the, on his knees and then hits a boom for the win. Um yeah, my thoughts on this match were after his promo on Dynamite, he should have just murdered Uno, like kill like not, Uno shouldn't have gotten any offense. Um and then after the match, Cole gets on the mic and lists Frankie Kazarian, Jungle Boy, Anthony Green, John Silver, Orange Cassidy, Jake Atlas. He said Khan or something. I couldn't I don't know who he was talking about. Trent and then Evil Uno. And he says they're all involved in my undefeated streak and doesn't give a damn about the lights out match. He says he is a new he's a new ruthless Adam Cole, even though super kicking someone twice isn't that ruthless. Way more ruthless when you were beating up Johnny Gargano in that fucking death ma- not death match, the three stages of hell match. Um, Cole said he uh, he's more ruthless in AEW and wants some respect. Cole says he's been the best wrestler on the planet for years, and at the end of the day, Adam Cole always becomes the guy, no matter what company, no matter what brand. Cole says there is something he wants and doesn't care. Uh, who has it, he'll become the AEW champion. Hopefully he does, but it's hard to like believe what he's saying after that match and how he's been booked. So you lose that match with Orange Cassidy, you kind of go, okay, I'm being serious now, and then have a competitive match with Evil Uno. And say you're ruthless when you only kick him twice. It's just disappointing. I want a lot more for Adam. Next, we had Jade Cargo with Smart Mark Sterling backstage. Sterling talks about her being 26-0 and and how she'll be 27-0. and Jade says, they say I'm green. I'm green like money. No, you're green like goose shit. Like, in the ring. Um, so, let's relax there. Uh, she said, who's, who's next on my show, that bitch show? It's just not a fun, funny... It's not a good catchphrase. Bitch is the worst word in wrestling. Whether you call it yourself yourself a bitch or other people. It's been overused. Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy with Mark Quinn and uh, Matt Hardy at ringside for the TNT title. Poor Cassidy doesn't get an entrance either. It's it's an hour-long show. What are you going to do? Sammy uh, kips up at one point and almost steps onto Cassidy's head or hand. And Taz said said that. He He called that spot. And uh, Jericho said, that should be a new move. You kip up into the stomp. And I was like, that, that would be a fucking sick move. Uh, ref gets distracted, and Matt hits a side effect on the apron on Sammy. Sammy, who had taped ribs to start this match, can't lift Cassidy for a GTH later on because um, he's hurt too much. Sammy goes for a top rope, uh, goes to the top rope, and Andrade's music hits and comes out. Jericho said the music scared the hell out of him, and Taz said it, did, it scared him too. Um uh, Cassidy hit the sling blade, hit a spl- sling blade, bla- bra- wow, that's a tongue twister, sling blade back breaker, 
and then hit a backstabber and got a near fall. Sling blade backbreaker is a pretty dope move. Sammy goes for the springboard, but Cassidy does one of his own and catches Sammy on the t- on the rope and stuns him. Cassidy uh, hits a swanton for a near fall. Taz clarifies to Jericho that the guy with Andrade's name is Jose, and Taz calls him a nice guy. Uh, I'm glad Jericho asked. I, I didn't know who he was. Uh, Sammy springboards, but instead of going on to the rope, um, going into the ring, sorry, he does a moonsault onto Marquette on the outside, almost hitting his head on the apron, though. It could have been disastrous. Uh, and then does a double springboard cutter on, uh, on Cassidy for a near fall. Sammy then picks him up, it's a GTH, and gets the win. After Andrade, Quinn, and Matt Hardy all surrounding Sammy um, in the ring, and then Darby Allen's music hits and he comes to the ring, um, and then makes it clear that he's with Sammy. He's on Sammy's side, and then Andrade and the Hardy family office leave. Darby and Sammy stare down, but Darby stares at the TNT title, then pats both of the titles on Sammy's shoulders, and then they both go on the ropes and pose. Match got a plus two, overall a plus three. QT Marshall backstage pre-tape basically shit talks Hook. Says he will send somebody for Hook next week and it's going to be uh, going to be uh, a fall. His fall is going to be fast as he rose. His rise. Um, maybe I don't know if this is going to be the surprise next week. Um, I don't know if it's next week on Dynamite or Rampage. I don't remember. Um, but apparently there's some big forbidden door even though it's just a free agent signing which everyone is making fun of Tony Khan because he doesn't even know the phrase that he not create. I guess he might have created yeah created and made famous um, when you forbidden door when you work with impact guys or New Japan guys or guys from other companies um, when you just sign free agents it's, everyone does that <laughs> literally um, so I don't know maybe it's Keith Lee maybe it's Jeff Hardy Ember Moon all those people that got released at that time could be any of them but I don't know if that's the same, going to be the same thing as what QT Marshall's saying. I doubt it, because I doubt they'll have Hook lose. And I doubt they'll have the new guy lose. Or girl. Well, it wouldn't be a guy, girl if it was against Hook. All right. Chris Statlander backstage with Tony Schiavone. Asked about Layla Hirsch's attitude. Statlander says she comes from an amateur background, but this is professional wrestling, so let's act like it. Hirsch comes from behind and hits Statlander with a chair. Hirsch throws the chair under a crouched um, Statlander, who has to literally hold the chair up. She's like a Van Terminator throw, but she catches it and just holds the chair in front of her face while she's kneeling, and then Hirsch delivers a running knee. Just terrible. Minus one. Um, and then Red Velvet comes up and to try to help Statlander. Overall, minus one. Next, we had Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. Rosa's dominant for the first part of the match. Martinez dominant for the next part. Excuse me. They go back and forth a little. Martinez hits a Death Valley driver from the top rope and gets a near fall. They fight to the outside, and Martinez grabs a pipe from under the ring and just lights up Thunder Rosa in the head. Brutal spot. Plus one. Awesome. Brutal in a good way. Safe, but still nasty. Um, nasty looking, at least. Um, Jericho marks out and says, we never see DQs in AEW. I uh, gave it a plus one and uh, overall plus two. They had a video package for Serena D, but I didn't give points to. Uh, Mercedes is now backstage with Tony Schiavone, and she asks... Uh, she says she told everyone from the beginning she's here to take out Thunder Rosa by any means necessary. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and uh, Rebel come up. And Britt says, a DQ isn't what we discussed. And Hayter says, what do you mean what you discussed? Britt says, uh, Hayter can't get the job done. Uh, so she had to bring in someone else. Um, and 
that uh, Jade Cargill wasn't smart enough to bring her in on her own uh, when she originally attacked Thunder Rosa. It was against Jade. Um, and although Smart Mark Sterling handed her a check, um, she uh, she said, look who signed it, and it was Britt Baker, DMD. Mercedes tells her she needs to remember she did her job, uh, needs to do her job, and that's take her out. Britt says, you softened her up, now finish her. She doesn't beat you again, or I'll make sure your time in AEW is softer than your, uh, shorter than your last job. Minus one. Stop mentioning WWE. Oh, my God. Mercedes steps up to Britt, but Hater steps up to Mercedes, and then they all leave. Minus one overall. We had the main event interview with Mark Henry. Henry asks if Lethal is worried about Hobbs interfering, and Lethal says he is, but he's going to knock Stark's ego down a peg or two and leave as the FW champ. Ricky tells Lethal there's no eagle, and he acknowledges all of Lethal's past accomplishments, but he needs to acknowledge that he's never been in the ring with someone like him and there's a reason why they call him Absolute. Lethal asks, what will Taz think of, think if he loses the title, and what will become of Ricky Starks then? Let's find out. Uh, Ricky Starks with Hobbs versus Jay Lethal for the FTW title. Um, Starks struggles to get a powerbomb, um, ends up getting it, and gets a near fall. This is like halfway through the match already. Not, he doesn't not get it like it's a botch, it's just like a struggle, as in, in the move. Um, the two throw punches at each other, but uh, Lethal ends with an insigiri for for like a stalemate. Um, Hobbs gets on the apron, but Lethal drop kicks him off. Starks throws him into the ropes. He then ducks a clothesline and then does a suicide dive onto Hobbs, but Hobbs sidesteps him and he falls uh, flat on the on the the floor. Dante Martin comes from the the crowd, I guess, uh, into the ring and then uh, he jumps from the ring. Just onto the top rope, not the turnbuckle, the middle of the rope, just jumps flat from the running flat jump onto the top rope, bounces off and does a dive onto Hobbs. Plus one from just the fact that he could stand and jump onto the rope and then jump off. The the dive was whatever, Um, but it didn't need to be anything good because the the fucking feat of athleticism was crazy. Um, Lethal hits a cutter but doesn't cover. Jericho and Taz are talking, and it's a big mistake. But Excalibur says he's setting up for a lethal injection, which no one kicks out of in AEW. Um, good commentary from both, giving both uh, sides of why that's a good or bad idea. Um, it gets countered into a... He, do, he goes for the lethal injection. He does the... Which is a... If you don't know, it's a handspring onto the ropes, bounce back cutter. Um, but as he goes for the, bounces back for the cutter, he catches him um, on his back and then throws him over for a... Uh, for the Rochambeau for the win. Very cool finish. I gave that a plus one. I gave the match a plus two and overall a plus four. So overall, the the, the show got a plus seven. Britt, Statlander, and Hirsch got minus ones. Cole, Evil Uno, Jade, Sterling, QT, Dobbs, and Hobbs. Or sorry, Deeb and Hobbs got zeros. Dante Martin a plus one. Mercedes Martinez and Rosa Thunder Rosa got a plus two. Sammy Guevara, uh, Isaiah Cassie, Ricky Starks, and Jay Lethal all got plus threes. Match of the night, Sami Zayn. Or Sami Zayn. Sorry, I'm tired of recording this. Sammy Guevara versus Isaiah Cassidy, and then I will say they they all get they all got plus three, so they're all gonna be it. Sammy Cassidy, Ricky Starks, and Jay Lethal are all the MVPs of the match of the night. Um, decent show, nothing great. Um, SmackDown or I'm sorry, and uh, Rampage. Has been one of my top shows of the week. It's just a fun, fast-paced show, um, but nothing, nothing great this week. 
Um, but thank you for listening. Um, kept it under two hours this week. Nice. Um, this is uh, first week in February, week five of the year. Let's keep it rolling. I'm trying to take less notes and make these quicker and stuff like that. But I'm, I'm a fucking nerd and a freak, so I, I write too much shit down and it takes too long. Um, but thank you for listening, as always. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube page, Lorenzo Productions. Um, so, um, follow us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star review if you can. Um, and yeah, just uh, keep keep supporting. <laughs>